Turn with me to Psalms chapter 17, and I want to read one verse of Scripture. I will ask you to stand for the reading of God's Word. A lot is packed into the context of Scripture, but sometimes there's just a verse, a verse, one verse, that just leaps off of the pages into your spirit. And that's what this verse has done for me this week. Psalms chapter 17 and verse 15. As for me, say that with me, as for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. And someone say amen to the reading of God's word. Would you stretch your hand this direction and pray God's anointing and blessing over his word and over his servant today. Can I hear you pray with me today? Father, we come before you thanking you and praising you for hearing and answering prayer. You've already penetrated this service with your presence, with worship, with your spirit. And Lord, we're grateful. Now we come to the breaking of the bread of life. And I admit before my family, before guests that are here, before those that are watching online, I admit that I cannot do this without the touch of the Holy Spirit. I've got to have the anointing of heaven to come down upon me. And so, Lord, for these few moments together, before we transition to water baptism and, and fellowship and a meal together, God, would you just touch your servant? Would you just anoint your word that it would not return void, but would accomplish that which you intend for it to accomplish? We'll give you the praise, Lord, the glory and the honor for these things. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Saved, but satisfied. Go back to that title, if you would. Saved, but satisfied and with a question mark. In just a bit, we're going to celebrate the step of faith that nine of our church family have taken. Either they have accepted Jesus for the first time, or they, have, they are rededicating or recommitting to the covenant between their soul and their Savior, doing their first works over. And by the way, I know there are some sitting in a crowd this size, and you've never been baptized. You need to be. Number one, it is commanded in Scripture. So when you're baptized, you're being obedient to God. Number two, when you are being baptized, you're following the example of Jesus who himself was baptized. And let me just tell you, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for you. Y'all out there? So if you feel inspired at the prompting of the Spirit, say, I didn't bring a change of clothes. Who cares? You'll dry out eventually. We would not forbid you to walk up and say, Pastor, I want to get baptized today. It'd be all right. But I want to tell you something today. I'm, I'm grateful that 
that we are saved. Thank God we are saved. You know, you could talk about it every week and it never gets old because it has eternal implications. It is, in fact, the greatest miracle that's ever happened or will ever happen in your life. I know people sitting right here in this room that have gone through cancer multiple times, not just one time, but they've beaten cancer multiple times. It's still not greater than the day he saved your soul. I know people that have covered, recovered from heart disease, and, and they are miracles that have, that have amazed the doctors, but it's still not as great a miracle as the day that he saved your soul. Thank God we are saved. What are we? We are saved from several things. We are saved from sin. Sin had dominion over us. Sin had control over us. But the day we met Jesus, we got delivered. We got saved from the sin that had control in our lives. Not only did we get saved from sin, but we got saved from destruction. Everybody that's living that's never been saved is on their way to destruction. They're on their way to annihilation. They have no hope. They have no future. But thanks be unto God for those that have given their heart to the Lord. They have been saved from future destruction. I can tell you we're saved. uh, When we got saved from sin and destruction, we also got saved from eternity without God the Father. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. We've got the divine trinity walks with us and talks with us and tells us that we belong to him. But we not only have the divine trinity this side of heaven, but we have the divine trinity for all of eternity. And the reason for that is is, is that we have been saved. And then on top of that, we've been saved from the misery of living this life without peace in our heart. More than ever before, it seems like to me more than ever before, everywhere we turn, there's trouble on every hand. Trouble in the family and trouble in the country and trouble in the world and trouble on the job. Everywhere there's just stress and all kinds. I don't know how in the world somebody lives one moment of one day in this world without Jesus in their heart, but I can stand here and tell you, though troubles may go on around me, I am saved today. So I'm saved from the misery of people that that don't have Jesus in their heart. I'm saved from the misery that they experience every day that they live. So I'm telling you today, when we come into the house of God and we kind of take a few moments and embrace the reality that we're saved and what we're saved from, then all of a sudden, joy begins to well up inside of us and we begin to truly rejoice. And then we do what the psalmist said in another place. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and we enter his courts with praise. And so for absolutely no other reason than uh, for absolutely no other reason, I am saved today and therefore I am satisfied. Oh, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I was in the hand of the enemy. The devil was my daddy. But one day Jesus died on a cross and when he did, he went to the auction block of sin and Acts chapter 20 tells us that he purchased us. He purchased me with his own blood 
First Peter writes it this way. We were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And so today I'm no longer serving the devil. I am a child of the Most High God, and so therefore I have no problem saying so because I've been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. When the handful of you step into the baptismal pool in just a few moments, you're going to be declaring to the world, to the devil, to your fellow Christians that, number one, you have died to the world. The world and its sin-filled ways no longer have control over your life. You are, in fact, dead to the world. You were dead in trespasses and sins, but now you are dead to the world. Not only that, but number two, not only have you died to the world, but you have new life in Jesus Christ. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. As he went down into the grave, after the plan of redemption, as he went down into the grave with his death on the cross, so you will symbolically go down into the watery grave to show your death to sin. But praise God, I'm happy to announce to you on the third day he arose. And as he arose, so when you arise out of that baptismal pool, you are displaying symbolically your new life in Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but there's a tremendous amount of satisfaction simply from knowing my sins are under the blood and that I'm on my way to heaven. I'm saved, and therefore I am satisfied. Not only that, but I'm going to tell you today, I am fed, and therefore I am satisfied. I am nourished and nurtured by the open hand of God. I am fed. I am fed daily. You can look at me and tell I don't go with any malnourishment in my life. I'm telling you Psalms 22 and 26 says the meek shall eat and they will be satisfied. Psalms 37 and 19 tells us that we'll even be satisfied in the days of famine. Can I tell you something today? When I eat my natural food, satisfaction comes from knowing where the provision of that food came from. I'm telling you, you need to hear this preacher today because we're in a self-seeking world that claims that they have earned or deserved what they have. Let me set the record straight. Our provision, our resources down to the food on our table. We don't deserve it. It's been granted to us by the open hand of God. And I'm telling you, not only does God feed you every day of your life, but he has creative ways of doing it. I see in the Bible, he will feed you with ravens. I see in the Bible, he'll feed you by the hand of a widow. I see in the Bible, if he has to, he'll feed you with manna from heaven and quail from the from the west wind. If he needs to, he will feed you with angel food. I see where God in the Bible multiplied loaves and fishes. I read in the Bible where God multiplied oil and meal. I'm telling you, God will feed you. If you're here struggling in any provision in your life, you need not worry. Not another moment. Not another day. You are fed today. Therefore, you are satisfied. I wish somebody would give the Lord a shout of praise. I'm telling you today, somebody may be throwing a hamburger patty on that grill for me out there. 
there, but I'm telling you the hamburger had to come from somewhere, and I'm telling you it came ultimately from the hand of God. I may have some of your potato salad this afternoon, courtesy of your kindness, but the truth of the matter is those potatoes came from the ground, and from the ground God said, let potatoes come forth. I'm telling you we need to realize that God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I am fed. Therefore, the scripture says, I am satisfied. Well, praise the Lord. I'm saved. Therefore, I'm satisfied. I'm fed. Therefore, I'm satisfied. I'm in God's house. Therefore, I'm satisfied. I'm glad to be in the sanctuary today. Never ceases to amaze me how challenging it is to get people in church. Or to get people back in church. But the redeemed, the saved, should state with certainty, Psalm 65 and 4, we are satisfied with the goodness of your house. We're satisfied. <laughs> Psalms 36 and 8 says we shall be abundantly satisfied with the, with the fatness of your house. I like that. Fatness. That means Spiritual carbs. I, I love natural carbs. But there ain't nothing like spiritual carbs. That's, that's music to my ears. When I come to church, I come for nourishment. Come on, somebody help me here. When I come to the house of God, I come for fellowship. I come for connectivity. I come for accountability. One place the psalmist said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the lap of luxury of the evil ones. That's how much satisfaction there comes from being in the house of God. You that are watching at home, you're not shut-ins or working folks or vacationing folks or sick folks. You sweet people, you've just fallen away from church. I love you. I'm going to tell you something. You're anxious, and you're restless, and you're frustrated. I don't know, you may be looking at this preacher and you're even backslidden. Because there is a level of satisfaction that will not happen when you settle for watching online. I know what the church culture is doing today. I know what COVID has created today. And I'm telling you, it's a false narrative. You can't get what you need sitting around in your pajamas while the kids are eating Cheerios. You need to get back in the house of the Lord. You find fellowship. You find accountability. You find nurturing. You find connectivity. It's how we're going to win this race. It's how we're going to get to glory. We're going to do it together as the body of Christ. My God, my God. 
I've come hungry for more than just physical bread. Yes, COVID has cost families some physical lives. It has. But the reality of COVID, the deception associated with COVID, the narratives connected to COVID, God help me here, has cost people their spiritual life as well. But I'm in God's house today. And therefore, I am satisfied. I'm saved, so I'm satisfied. I'm fed, so I'm satisfied. I'm in God's house, so I'm satisfied. Now, I'll tell you something else. I reverence the Lord, therefore, I'm satisfied. Listen, Proverbs 19, 23. You live with the fear of the Lord, it tends to life. He that has it has what? Has, has the fear of the Lord, shall abide satisfied. Now, understand, this is not terror of the Lord, but it is reverence for the Lord. <laughs> He's not the big kahuna. He, he's not the man upstairs. He's not the big guy. Ooh. He's Jehovah God. He's Jehovah God. He doesn't have a hammer in his hand that's ready to pounce on you at your next sin. He doesn't. He is love. It's the very nature and makeup of who he is. But he's also holy. And calls for his people to live holy and talk holy and act holy. And so we reverence God for who he is. He satisfies. <laughs> Psalms 103 says he satisfies your mouth with Good things. Psalms 107 says he satisfies the, the longing soul, the hungry soul, the thirsting soul. He satisfies. That old song says only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Satisfaction. I think I feel like I'm, I, I, I don't know if I've just arrived at this conclusion or what, but the most satisfying thing, and some of you that, there's some yard sale folks come rolling through my neighborhood yesterday. Somebody asked me this morning, why do you have your yard sale? Man, I ain't never gone yard sailing. I ain't never hosted a yard sale, and neither one of them do I feel led to do. 
God bless your pea-picking heart. If you are all up into that, that's great. But a lot of times you ride by my house. I just people ride by my house want to steal stuff out of my flower bed. I like turtles. I have little turtles over here to the side. I've had people want to make off with one of my turtles. But a lot of times when people ride by my house, and y'all come by any time. I, I didn't say I was going to let you in the yard. I have a dog. But a lot of times you come by my house, you're going to find me sitting right smack dab on that front porch in that Cracker Barrel rocking chair. Because I'm learning as I get older, this rat race is not going to control me. I don't have to be constantly busy. I'm saved. <laughs> I'm fed. I'm connected to the house of God. I reverence the Lord. And therefore, just give me my front porch and my dog. And I'm satisfied. But here's the truth. The truth is our satisfaction only reaches a certain level, a certain pinnacle while we're here on this earth. As a child of God, our satisfaction only runs deep just to an extent. But boy, I love that verse today. That verse we read today is the zenith. It's the pinnacle. It's the ultimate in satisfaction. As for me, <laughs> say it with me, as for me, I will see your face in righteousness. And I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. There's coming a day when you and I will reach our ultimate satisfaction. And it won't be this side of heaven. But we'll awaken in his literal and physical and bodily presence. How do you describe it? I don't know if anybody can describe it any better than Job did. He started out by saying, I know that my Redeemer lives. Hallelujah. I know my Redeemer lives. That says two things. Number one, he's alive. And number two, I'm redeemed because he is alive. And then he goes on to say, uh, and though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God whom I shall see for myself and mine eyes shall behold and not another. Hallelujah. You and I are pilgrims and sojourners. This is not our home and we are only passing through. And as we grow in Christ, we realize that the longing grows more on the inside. The longing for that ultimate satisfaction is to go to a better land. Like Abraham, we're looking for a city who has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. To see Jesus and to be with Jesus and to worship Jesus where he is for all of eternity. There's something stirring within our hearts and it 
drives our desires and our longings beyond the temporal things to those eternal cravings to see him and to awaken in his likeness. That's why Paul said if in this life only you had hope we'd be of all men most miserable. But the Christian is not miserable today. The Christian is satisfied. Why? Because we're saved. Why? Because we're fed. Why? Because we're in God's house. Why? Because we reverence the Lord. But I'm telling you, we haven't reached the pinnacle yet. There's coming a day that we're going to awaken to everlasting joy and satisfaction. It won't be because I walk on streets of gold or I lean against gates of pearl or I walk through uh, walls of jasper. It won't be because I have a perfected, glorified body. It will be because I awaken in the Lord's likeness and for eternity I will cast my eyes upon my Savior. That is the ultimate satisfaction. That is the eternal satisfaction. And that's why we rejoice no matter what's going on in this world. This is not our home. Hallelujah. Here, here, friend, he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. But while he's doing that here, he's preparing a marriage supper there. You and I, the scripture says, are spiritual houses. And if he doesn't build our spiritual house here on this earth, our labor is but in vain. But while he builds our spiritual houses here, he's also been working on me a a home for the last 2,000 years. Y'all getting this this morning? Y'all all anxious and upset? Doctor's bills and pain at the pump and is it going to get any better? And political posts and we got to run this one out and get this one in. Let me tell you, don't count on it getting any better here. There's nothing that says it's going to get better here. But I'm telling you, I'm not holding out for better here. I'm looking forward to going there. Satisfactions. I share this often at funerals. It's impacted me for years, and it came out when Keith Green, whose life was cut short. He was a contemporary Christian artist from, I guess, back in the 80s. I'll never forget him saying this. He said, this earth is beautiful in all its creation, and God took six days Rested on the seventh day to create this beautiful earth that we enjoy. But then he said, but he's been working on heaven for the last 2,000 years. As beautiful as this is, this is a garbage can compared to what we have to look forward to. Can someone say praise the Lord? (laughs) The satisfactions of this life. Compared to that first moment. It's like lightning bug here. 
to the sun there. Like a drop of a bucket here to an ocean there. Like a nightlight here to the stars in the sky. The sufferings, the sufferings of this world, the sufferings of this life. Our bodies, our minds, our families, the grocery store at a loved one's side. But Paul said, but I reckon that the sufferings of this present life are not worthy to be compared <laughs> to the first moment of the glory that will be revealed in us when we awaken in his likeness. Y'all look a little sour this morning. Some of you do. So you need a little, you need a little story to make you smile. Farmer Brown and his family, they had lived out west all their lives. They had never been to the city. But they had to go to the big city to sign some documents. So they loaded up the little old truck and headed to the city. They pulled up outside of a massive building, and the farmer said to his family, Stay here, I won't be long. Little Johnny said, Oh, Dad, can I come too? All right, said the farmer. But the rest of you stay in the truck. So Dad and little Johnny got out of the car and up the steps to the front entrance, and the door suddenly opened. Wow! Little Johnny said, Did you see that, Dad? doors just opened by themselves. Farmer Brown looked at Johnny and said, well, you never know what they've got in the city, son. So they're wandering around marveling at all the things in the building. And the farmer asked for directions. And the clerk pointed over at the lift door. They'd never seen a lift door before. So they go and they just stood in front of it. They didn't know what to make of it. They just stood there staring at the lift door. Next thing, an old woman comes along. She gets in the lift, and the door shuts. A couple of minutes later, the door opens again, and out steps a beautiful young woman. An old woman went in, and a beautiful young woman came out. Farmer turned to his son and said, Quick, son, go get your mother. That's wrong on so many levels, isn't it? But here's the truth. The Scripture tells us that every day we're being changed from one glory to another glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. 
We're being changed. Every day we're becoming, if we're striving, we're becoming a little more like Jesus. A little more like Jesus. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, that's what you call a change. But I'm not waiting on a change. I'm waiting on an exchange. I'm waiting on that. See, our spiritual nature is not satisfied with anything less. And yet in our long lives, when it is at the end, in our mortal bodies, we will still be so far in this metamorphosis from being like him. Whether it's the saint that served him for 70 years still hasn't attained to his perfection and purity and holiness as even though they've strived for it or whether it's the one that just gave their heart to the Lord in the last hour and is suddenly called out into eternity they're both in the same predicament the seasoned saint the new convert oh they both want to be like Jesus but one day it's not going to be a change it's going to be an exchange and both of them are going to stand there transformed into the perfection and the glory of Jesus Christ. Nobody says it better than the Paul did in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He said, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Anybody looking forward to that? I read in John's letter, he said, Beloved, it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know this, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That's when we'll arrive at our eternal satisfaction. As for me, you can strive for this nonsense down here if you want. But as for me, you can go after all the wealth you want. But as for me, come on now, somebody help me. You can try to please this person and this person. But as for me, you try to get your name more well-renowned. But as for me, all those things have, they're like rotten a rotten garment with holes in them. But for the child of God, the true, my God, I feel the Holy Spirit, the true child of God, they have one great longing, and that is to awaken in his likeness and to see him for yourself. I like y'all. But it'd be all right if he called me home today. Now, my wife may be squirming a little bit. God, take care of her. I'm ready to go. I said, I am ready to go. Somebody ought to be saying amen. I am ready to go. And there is no satisfaction this side of heaven that compares with that moment. His last moment here, Marianne, his next moment. <laughs> he was eternally and ultimately satisfied. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sister Barbara, that sweet soul that always told me how good I looked and how well I preached. 
And Ronnie, all he says is, hey, big guy. Always had that sweet smile on her face, but Brother Ronnie, her last moment here turned into her next moment of ultimate satisfaction. I'm ready. I tell you, something starts getting in me. It's kind of like that rapture spirit. You know, you just want to go right now. Y'all, y'all stressing over 419 at the pump. I ain't happy about it either. But you didn't fix Washington in the last five administrations, and you won't fix them in the next five. There ain't nothing but corruption up there. And to be quite honest with you, it don't matter what party they're in. But instead of complaining about it, just say, God, I'm just going to trust you because you satisfied me by feeding me. And I can't go get groceries that you feed me with unless I have gas in my tank. Come on, man, we, we look at this stuff all wrong, and I'm guilty as anyone. But I'm the one holding the mic, so I'm telling you. But you could tell me the same thing. We're satisfied because everything we have and everything we are is because of Him and Him alone. Seeing him and being like him. It's going to happen soon. It's going to happen soon. You can play games, but it's going to happen soon. On a regular basis, I hear of someone that, wow, I thought they were in good health. Gone. Just like that. What happened? I don't know what happened. It was their time. It was their time. The enemy has deceived so many people into looking for satisfaction in this world. There is no satisfaction in this world. There's only satisfaction in Jesus. He saves us. He feeds us. He gives us a great house to go to to worship with our family. He gives us a reverence for Him. He's a whole lot bigger than anything else. But then all of those satisfactions here on this earth are nothing compared to that first moment. (laughs) It's my prayer. I hope it's yours. It's five words. Even so, Lord, come quickly. If you're not praying that prayer for yourself, something's wrong between you and your Savior. Bow your heads if you would. You're attempting to satisfy yourself with the things of this world. But only Jesus can satisfy your soul.
heads bowed and every eyes closed. Who knows, maybe someone's going to pray the sinner's prayer right here and then in the next few minutes they're going to stand and say, you know what? I gave my heart to the Lord. I recommitted my life to the Lord. I want to get baptized. I want to do my first works over. That would be, oh, that would be awesome. While no one's looking around and the music is ever so softly being played, would you say, preacher, I've, I've done a lot of attempts at trying to satisfy my life, my soul, my heart with the things of this world but I've heard the message today was for me today while no one's looking around you would just slip up your hand and say I need you to pray for me would you raise your hand God bless that hand is there others God bless that hand is there others God bless that hand is there others things are not good I can't honestly pray, even so, Lord, come quickly. Honestly, preacher, my prayer is, please wait a little longer. Please wait a little longer. Please wait a little longer, Lord, before you come. I know you're coming, but please, please, please don't come soon. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ready. I, I've got still my own stuff going on. And, I'm telling you, friend, today is the day of your salvation. It's the day of your restoration. It's the day to say, you know what? I can't do this on my own anymore. I'm giving it all to Jesus today. The three of you raised your hand. There may be more that didn't. Let me ask those that raised their hand and those that maybe didn't. You'd say, preacher, today, this moment, I want to, I want to, Ask Jesus into my heart. I want to recommit my life to the Lord. Still, everyone's heads bowed. You say, today, this moment, I want to do it today. I don't want to wait another moment. I'm going to ask you, this is your desire. You can acknowledge that you're not right with God, but you have to have a desire to do something about it. And so the first part was saying, hey, things are not right between me and Jesus. The second part is, I want to do something today, this moment. I'm going to ask you again to raise your hands. Maybe you didn't raise it the first time. Is there anyone? God bless that hand. Anyone? God bless that hand. Everyone in this church, repeat this prayer. Dear Lord, I come to you today. I'm a sinner. I'm a backslider. Ultimately, I'm away from you. And only you can satisfy my soul. And so I believe in what you did on the cross was for me. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to come into my heart and be my Savior. I accept you today as my Savior and Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, there was two people that, that said, you know, I want to I recommit or give my life to the Lord. Can we just give God praise for these souls? This is what it's all about.
stand with me if you would? It's quarter to 12 now at about 5 till 12. 5 till 12. We'll meet on the backside of the Community Life Center. Those that are being baptized, just meet me just inside the doors there at the gym. And I'll just share with you just for a quick moment. And then we'll have our water baptismal service. We'll have our picnic. We trust you, God, to bless our food. <laughs> It'll satisfy us today. And we thank you for our time of fellowship. And so, Lord, as we transition this service now, go with us. Those that are not able to stay, be with them as they travel to their respective places. Those that are able to stay, God, minister to them. Those that are online, Lord, touch their hearts. Compel them to come back to the house of God. There is satisfaction according to the Scripture. Thank you, Lord. We bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. God bless you today. We love you in the Lord.